are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because he is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with his purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. Rise above. We hear those words so often, don't we? But when the hurt in your heart is so devastating, what is the path to rising above it all and using your trauma, your horror, your story for God's glory? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, delighted and honored to be your host. Today's guest is a woman with first encounters, her first encounters with mental, physical, and sexual trauma, listen to this, occurred at age four. That trauma continued right through her teen years, and boy, did she have some trauma in her heart. But God, but God was not finished with her story, and today I know you're going to find hope, strength, and perhaps a step or two forward along your healing path as we welcome to the program teacher, author, Michelle Davenport. Hello, Michelle. Thank you so much for stopping by for coffee. Thank you so much for inviting me, Kim. Well, we've been friends for quite a while. We've been trying to make this happen. Well, I said we've been friends. We're Facebook friends. We've never actually met uh, to sit and talk and have real coffee. But I still feel like like such a sisterhood with you because our hearts are so the same in seeing people healed. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Same spirit. Absolutely. So um, to introduce you a little bit to our listeners, tell us, you know, where, where are you? How are you right now? How are you today, Michelle? I am doing fabulous, Kim. I live in Missouri and I teach the word of God. I'm, I'm working on my sixth book. Um, I do Christian Mix 106 radio with you. Uh, You're, we're on the same Mm -hmm. Uh, yep, I do a podcast called Girl Talk, and I'm just busy, yeah. just sowing seeds of vertical hope out there in the world. There you go, and I love that. I love your your um, mantra there, vertical hope. I it just it just what, what you do is really powerful, but it comes from a lot of pain, and that's that's one of the reasons. Not only because I love you and I admire you so much, but it is your story and the way that you go about it that I just feel like it's just so much hope for the world today. And because we're, we are hurting, we feel a lot of pain. COVID has isolated us. And when we become isolated, it seems like we lose our sense of humanity, our kindness, you know. And, and so I just feel like that God is doing a restoration in our world today. And I think he's raising people up like you that really have a story of hope. And so let's get into that story a little bit, Michelle, because you really, your trauma started at a very young age. Like, you know, my trauma began at the age of four as well. So that's another thing you and I have in common. But let's start at at age four and let's just get into your story. Well, at four, my mom and dad were separated and getting a divorce. Um, they just started, um, they started out well, but then they just started getting into drugs and um, my dad started cheating on my mom. So she left him and moved us into an apartment, me and my brother. My brother was with my uncle um, the night that I was woken up by a loud noise. And to come to find out later, it was the front door that he had kicked in. Um, my dad was in the biggest gang in Corpus Christi, Texas, called the Pachuas mm-hmm. back then. And um, he was, he was uh, very violent. He had a very bad temper uh, that actually landed him in prison. But 
anyway, he woke me up out of my little uh, bed and um, put me into between the kitchen, I mean the dining room and the living room, and he sat me down where he had me watch him beat and rape my mom almost to death. And then he left. And then I watched my mom literally crawl to the phone and pull it down and call my grandmother. And that's my first memory. Four years old. Did did you have other but other siblings or you were mm-hmm. you were alone? Yeah. Nope. I had I had a brother um, that later went to live with my real my real dad. He got out of prison, got married, and he wanted to go live with my real dad after my third dad died in a dune buggy accident on the Galveston Bay Wall. Um, mm-hmm. And then my brother. It was uh, growing marijuana and selling it. And he was in a bar one night and he, he sold it. He was trying to sell it and they called the cops and he ran. And when he ran, he was about a mile from the house. He flipped his little car and ended up dying. But I, yeah, I did have mm-hmm. a, I did have a brother. So was at the time of, of just at, at four years of age, were you the only child or was your brother alive then yes he was he was alive he was just spending a night with my uncle that night so I was, only, oh. I was the only one in the apartment that night you know the, the reason yeah. I'm asking is because um yes. I, I remember situations growing up where I, I was not the only child I was the oldest child but but I remember just being so protective of the younger ones and so that's why I was asking I'm sure there are a lot of listeners here too that were just we're not the only child, but we're very protective of the other children. So I don't know. Just it just had a flashback of a memory, and I just for some reason felt like I needed to to speak that out. But so Michelle, so that was your first memory, and so then then it sounds like that your mom remarried and married a pretty decent guy, but this is the one that was killed. Is that right? In an accident? Yes, she was married seven times, so she married my dad twice. And then she married a man oh. in between, the, the, the very good husband. His name was Gilbert. And she married him, and we had a beautiful, normal life for about three and a half years. He took us fishing and motocross riding. He, he rode motorcycles in the um, motorcycle derby at the Astrodome in Houston, Texas. Um, he was just a hard worker. He was a printer and just a fantastic dad, step-up dad. And... But then he was drinking one night and with a buddy, and he was he drove on the Galveston Bay Wall in a dune buggy, and it flipped and it it killed him immediately. And then after that, after that, the the horror of the story got just intense. Yeah, it it sounds like it. So from there, um, it your mom it, did she turn to drugs? Did she turn, what what caused her to start making? Because she started making some really poor. Uh, selections with husbands and men that she was surrounding you with from your right. story, I see. Right. Yes, my mom was broken. She was broken, but she was also struggled with bipolar. And so she just, um, after my step-up dad died, uh, she married a, a very wealthy man, but he wasn't a good man. He provided, but he was... Um, he just had a, a very secretive side to him sexually, and uh, he just struggled mentally himself. And then they end up getting divorced, and then she met, I believe, the fifth, the fifth, yeah, I believe the fifth, maybe this was the sixth, the sixth uh, stepdad. And he was a, a pot dealer, a drug dealer, and it just, it just went down. She became a heroin addict. Um, after my after my brother died, he died when he was sixteen. Um, mm. And yeah, she just yeah, no, he was eighteen. I'm sorry, I was sixteen when he died. But she uh, just got involved. She was always involved in some kind of drugs, either prescription drugs or marijuana or street drugs. But this was the heaviest. She, so after my um, my dad died, Gilbert. I know it gets kind of confusing. The whole story's got to be confusing, actually. But it's okay. I'm trying to keep it as good as I am trying to keep it, you know, simple, but it's hard. Um, Anyway, she married him, but she was always involved in some kind of drugs, alcohol, and then struggled with bipolar. So it just was an ongoing thing. But the, the, the best I'd ever seen my mom was when she was married with Gilbert and then when she was married to my last dad for 20 years. So in between all that, she struggled a lot with drugs and heroin and 
and um, but she married him, and it just turned, it just went from great to awful, just to horrific within months of the marriage. You know, part of my chores after school was weighing uh, pot. Um, we had so many people coming in and out of our house to do drugs and shoot up. I mean, we had people jumping out of the window. We were held hostage for with a shotgun for days on end because he had lost his drug money. And I just remember praying to God. I mean, in the early years when she was married to Gilbert, Gilbert was the one that died in the doom buggy wreck. Um, she took us to this little Methodist church down the street. And I knew there was a God. I had a praying aunt, a praying grandma. And then that word was being sewn into me at an early age. I knew there was a God. I didn't really have a relationship with him, but I knew there was a God. And so many, many times, Kim, I cried out to God and asked him to help me. And that was one night in particular when he lost that drug money. And he literally held us hostage in the house. And I prayed mm-hmm. out to God. I said, please let him find it because he was tearing up the house. He was beating my mom. I mean, I was so scared. And he just, and mm-hmm. you know, when people do drugs like that, Kim, they don't sleep. They don't sleep. They stay up. They're 24 hours. They just stay up. They just keep on doing drugs and keep on doing drugs. And he kept hitting my mom and kept screaming and kept terrorizing us until he found that money. And I just remember pleading to God, please help him find that money. And sure enough, he Mm -hmm. came running down the stairs and he found the money in the Bible where he had hit it. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, unless you have been, and I'm sure that, a lot of our listeners now and the ones who are listening are probably having flashbacks and of, right. of that type of horror. If you haven't known that that fear, it is overwhelming. It's so much bigger, and especially as a child, you, you start to feel lost in that. And I just, mm-hmm. at those moments, it's like it's so unbelievable how the words anyone has planted in your heart about God will surface and start to get you through. And that's why I always say, Michelle, for us as adults, when we have the opportunity to plant seeds of God's word in little one's hearts, even if we just meet them for a minute or as a Sunday school teacher or as a teacher in, you know, in schools, whatever it is, plant those seeds because those seeds will come back to protect and give you comfort, won't they? They will get you through things that Amen. that when you're all alone, and that is so critically important. My grandfather planted seeds in me before I left his home at the age four. And, Michelle, I don't know where I would be had I not had those words. And I really didn't understand them. I didn't understand, you know, how much Jesus loved me. I wasn't even sure if Jesus was a man on earth. I didn't know. All I knew was there was someone named Jesus, and he loved me, and my grandfather told me. And because my grandfather told me, and I loved him so much, I believed him. And, boy, that got me through a lot of dark, dark places, just as that did for you. Those words began to wrap lovingly around you and got you through and that's such a beautiful thing yeah it is it's such a yeah okay so you're going through these marriages now here's here's an interesting well i say interesting in the saddest kind of way is because you know we start to live out what we feel on the inside and i believe that as that as a as a child not knowing the lord that you began to visual you became almost a victim to everyone around you i believe that people could see your hurt and your pain because you started your pain began to happen outside the home um at an amusement park right with your uncle tell us about that yeah i when i when my mom was married to the one guy that i told you that was kind of a he was rich but he was just not not a good guy um I remember one time I was scared of June bugs so much, and uh, I don't know why. I just didn't like them. I, they stuck. They were like sticky bugs, and they would stick to you, and it just freaked me out. I hated them. And I remember uh, one night I came out of the shower to, to go in my room, and I always took a shower and then go in my room and pull the bed back. And when I pulled it back, he put a jar full of June bugs in my bed. He was just, he was just a very strange guy, and I tell you that to tell you this. When, when my mom was married to him, I was 11 years old, and I went to an amusement park, and a man had uh, 
uh, posed at a, as a police officer. And he approached me and my other two friends. I was the only one out of us three that didn't have a season pass. I really, really wanted one. This man, I, you know, it's just, it's just the enemy and yeah. just at work to get us. But this man approached us, flashed a badge, and said, a badge and said, hey, can y'all help me catch the bad guys, you know? We had gotten, we have asked your parents, and they said you could. Well, this is a thing, Kim. Uh, both of the, my friends backed out, but I, he said, you'll get a, a free season pass and $1,000 if you help me. It won't take much of your time. I, like I said, I've already talked to your parents. Um, wow. And I was like, sure, I'll help you, I'll help you. And, you know, even then, I just had a heart to help people. I mean, even though... Yeah. Already at that age, I had been abused so much. It just, my heart was to help people. I just yeah. wanted to help. And I agreed. And when I agreed, I mean, the story is much too long to go into all the details, but what essentially happened is he ended up taking me by this, Astroworld is closed now, but uh, he took me to this thing called the gold mine and it was broken. And he took me behind it a ditch where he molested me until dark, until the place closed. So it closed down with me in it. And my friend's mother that dropped us off there, I just followed the screams. He had tied me up, and he had molested me for hours. And then he said I could count to 100 and get out. So, of course, I counted by 10, got out, and I just followed the screams because the park was closed. And it was my friend's mother screaming my name uh, because her, my friend told her, you know, she went with this police officer. Well, they confirmed with the other security guards and police There was nobody there that would have done that, that would have took a child. Um, he did try to, he did try to, um, you know, drug me. Uh, he gave me a drink, and it kind of tastes funny, so I ended up accidentally on purpose spilling it, and he got really mad, and that's when we headed to the ditch straight after that. <clears throat> but anyway, that's what happened at that age. And then this daddy that I, she was married to, this man, uh, we had two lines when our city was kind of rich. Well, back then we didn't have cell phones. We had, uh, in you know, landlines. Well, we had two. Right. I had my own landline, landline, and then my parents did. Uh, he would call me. Up, oh, I forgot one important thing. When we were at the uh, amusement park, he said, "I already talked to your mom," and then she said, "You could." And and then he asked me for my address and my phone number. I said, "I thought you already talked to my mom." He goes, "I did. I'm just confirming it with you." So this man that did uh-huh. it had my address. And my stepdad called me on my phone and pretended like, and he knew, we, I was having a sleepover, um, and he knew what I was wearing, of course, because I was living in the house. He called my phone, disguised his voice, and said he was the man from the amusement park and he could see me. And he described my pajamas, scared me to pieces. Come to find out that man did escape. He ended up jumping out of a helicopter. He had done this to over 100 children. He he posed at a, as a police officer at amusement parks all over the world and school attendants all over the world and did this to uh, so many children. Uh, but he finally got caught. And, um, yeah, he finally got caught and got put in prison. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he got caught. So, you yeah, know, that whole, groom, that whole grooming process, I mean, and, again, this is, you know, this is another entire topic that I dive into with so many people is this, this grooming process of these men finding vulnerable kids who feel so unloved and are it comes from such dysfunction and, and still have these incredible big hearts. I mean, you're, we're just like sitting ducks out there for anyone if we don't right. have adults who come along beside us and, and really uh, protect us. And, and for parents, anybody who's listening out there, I, I would just, you know, beseech you to go look at the grooming process that is being done out there and protect those young people around you. Totally different topic, but since you brought it up, I think it's so important that we don't, that we make ourselves aware of what's going on. I mean, the the numbers are climbing of this sex trafficking and abuse. And so thank you for bringing that up. That that happened for a reason, Michelle. You are only 11 years old, and that, that just... It, I mean, it just it just makes me so sad. But but God had a plan. But before we get to to that, then your uncle at sixteen. Yes, my uncle my uncle at sixteen, my aunt and uncle at sixteen raped me. But they also abused me when I was a baby because they they lived with us. And um, so my mom, after I had told her what my and it took me a while to tell my mom, um, but. She told me that when my aunt and uncle, that she suspected that they may have molested me when I was a baby, both of them. Mm. So 
I went to spend a night. They were leaving to go to move back to Arizona. We were all living in Corpus Christi at this time. And I adored them. I mean, I really did adore both of them, more so my aunt than my uncle because I knew her better. But I absolutely adored her. I just thought she was the neatest woman. She could sing. She was just, um, you know, she's just cool. She's very artistic. And I just really adored her. Um, But, of course, I had no memory of the baby. This happened to me as a baby. And I thank God. You know, I asked, I told him, yeah. I said, I, I forgive, I forgive them, God. I don't really need to remember it. If you want me to remember it and go through it, I will. But if not, I, I'm good. I'll forgive them. I just already forgave them. I'm good with it. Um, but anyway, I spent the night and of course, everybody was um, drinking and carrying on. And I, my real dad was there and my aunt was his sister. And then my uncle, you know, through marriage. But anyway, everybody mm-hmm. went home. My aunt asked me if I wanted to spend a night, and I said, sure. And, you know, I was crazy about them, or her especially. Yeah. And, uh, and they were moving the next day, so I thought, what an opportunity to stay and visit. And so anyway, it came time to bed. I went to bed, and then it wasn't an hour later. He came and got in my bed and raped me. And I just laid there afterwards, Kim. I, didn't, I was just frozen with fear. I didn't know what to do. And the next morning, I, I ended up staying there. I mean, just staying there all night in that bed. And mm-hmm. I got up, and they offered me breakfast. Like, nothing ever happened. But, you know, she sent him in there. She sent him in there to do that. And I left. And I, I was just devastated because I loved them, and I trusted them so much. And I think that's the danger in that. They were always looking for, you know, the boogeyman behind the bush. And it's actually many times in your own family and people you know that are hurting you the worst yeah. or that will hurt you the worst. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and it goes back to, you know, if it's not in your family, it's someone who is trying to be like family, to be your friend, to be. And so the, the statistics are overwhelming that, you know, how right. the grooming process is and how that relationship is formed. And, and again, you know, I, I, it's so important for us to go through the story you know, Michelle, I know how hard it is for you because I know, but I know that there's a there's a there's a a, a better ending to this. But the reason that yes. it's so important yeah. for us to go through this is because as you are talking, you know, you are relating, you are opening up hearts and other people's hearts that maybe they have forgotten or they think that there's no hope for, and so that's why, listeners, we're you know, as we're going through this, this is not just to open up wounds that uh, that Michelle has suffered because I will tell you what, this is tearing my heart out just as much as, as it is yours. But I want the reason that we do this and the reason we're not going into all the details is for you to hear Michelle's story and you're relating along the way. Or perhaps you know someone who has gone through this. So, you know, it's so important. The Bible tells us that God requires truth in our innermost parts. So what Michelle is doing is she's literally turning her her heart inside out for you as the listener so that maybe you can find where you fit in along this path. Michelle, I I know when I speak and I share my story, and I bet you can say the same thing. As I'm looking out into the audience, I can see when the people relate to what part of my story. I see, you can see the pain, you can see the hurt come in their eyes. And and that is... Yes, and it is such a hard thing to do. So listeners, we know, I know that this isn't easy for you, but I will tell you the only path to true healing is to confront those hurts, to really stand there. That's why Jesus was so adamant with the woman at the well. He kept bringing her back to her hurts because he knew that if she did not if she did not recognize them and acknowledge them, then she would always wonder if Jesus really knew the depth of her pain. And so Jesus wants us all to know, I, I, I get it. I, I, I'm, I can do something about this. But part of that process is for us to come and, and really stand in that place where our hurt was. And, Michelle, you, you've had a lot because now you had the, the rape at 11. Uh, multiple rapes. You had to rape by your aunt and uncle at 16. And then, for heaven's sakes, you go out on a date, and what happens? I get raped again. I get raped. Well, i gotta, I got to clear this up. It wasn't a date. I moved in with this guy. And let me say this. 
a lot of us women out there think that if you're living with a guy or even married or dating, all of it, if anyone forces themselves on you in any one of those relationships, it's rape. If you say no and they do it anyway, it's rape. But can I go back to the woman to the, at the well real quick? Um, uh-huh. Kim, do you mind me? Okay. This is what the Lord no. showed me about her. So many times people will ask me when I'm speaking, how come the Lord told her to go get her husband when he knew that wasn't her husband? And right. I was praying one day, and this is what the Lord revealed to me. He was telling her, go back and get your husband. And he knew it, it was not her husband. In, in other words, she's saying, go back. And she goes, well, that's not my husband. He said, yes, I know that's not your husband. And what he's saying, go back. He's pointing at the thing that wasn't working for her. She'd already been married, what, five or six times. And he says, listen, I just want you to know that, yes, that's not your husband. I want that, that, that's the water you keep thinking you can drink from. From every marriage, everything that you've done, you keep drinking from the same well. But I'm here to give you living water. I'm here to give you, so I want to point out to you what is not working for you and point to you what is. And that's what, that's what my mom did being married, just trying to get that drinking water from every husband, just, you know, sticking her tongue out, waiting for a drip of water that would give her life. And none of them gave her life until she really got a hold of Jesus. And she took a drink from that well, Kim, and she got a drink and she never thirsted again. She married her last husband and stayed married for 22 years until she died. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to, I think that's important. Yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely, because how many times we always, we we are thirsty, there's this hole in our heart, we have pains, and we're going to all these other outlets, these other means, trying to fill our lives with the cute little shoes or the cute little houses or this therapy or that therapy or this plan, when really Jesus is saying, come to me, you who are weary and broken, Matthew 11, Amen. come to me, and I will give you rest. And so that's the message. Yes. That's right, and that's the message. And look how it radically changed her life. She went running back to those who had abused her, those who had mistreated her, all all the ways that we can think about today. But yet, there was there was you know nothing in her world had changed except one thing, and that was her. And that's why it made a difference. And Michelle, we're going to take a thirty second break, and when we come back, that's what we're going to talk about. Listeners, you have heard. The incredible, as as Michelle says, horror story, and and it is in so many ways the pain, the abuse, um, having to watch uh, pain and abuse, living in it, just it's mind boggling to think that someone can survive such hurt and such pain. But I know that you can, and I know that Michelle's going to show you how she is standing today as not only a survivor, but someone who is thriving with such joy of the Lord. She met a man who made a difference and taught her the path, and that's what we're going to talk about. These next 30 minutes are going to be absolutely transforming in what God can do in our lives. So, wow, I can't wait to hear the rest of this story. So let's hang on for 30 seconds. We'll be right back with Michelle Davenport. Be right back. Hi, this is Christina Ricci with RAIN. Every two minutes, another American is sexually assaulted. If you or someone you know has been sexually assaulted, you are not alone. Help is just a call or click away through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Please call 1-800-656-HOPE. That's H-O-P-E. Or visit RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Brought to you by Rain and this station. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. Before we get started again with our incredible speaker, Michelle Davin, I'd like to remind you that our ministry is called Roses and Rainbows. It is a ministry of restoration, of taking and healing people, reminding them, restoring them to who they are in Christ. My first book, Burdens of Blessings, is a pathway for you to discover the power of your story. You know, you are hearing incredible stories on on this radio station, and thank you for up to me for providing this airtime. But each of us have a story that's worthy of God's glory. Let us help you 
find out that story. Go to kimcrable.org or rosesandrainbows.org and let us help you discover not only the life that God has given to you, but the abundant life that he died so that you could live. We would love to be a part of your story. All right, now let's get back. Welcome back to Coffee. Again, we are bringing back an incredible friend, incredible teacher, speaker, author, minister, Michelle Davenport. She does so much, but she has found this incredible joy. And what I love about it, Michelle, is that you talk about how you had seeds planted in your heart by your aunt uh, and maybe someone else but as, as, a, as a child that really kept, kept God alive in your heart. Now tell yes. us, when did you begin your relationship with him? Um, it was actually after I, I got married. Like two years after I got married, um, me and my husband, we, um, we were drinking. I was, the thing is, is I was doing drugs when I met my husband because this is the thing. You, I, for years, Kim, said I will never, when I get out of this situation, I will never make these mistakes and I'll tell you what Kim I got right out of that situation and got myself hooked up and engaged to a heroin addict and just years after fighting that addiction for myself and alcohol uh, and just drug addiction alcohol addiction I finally had enough and decided to move to Missouri where I met my present husband that I have right now that I've only had that we will be married 35 years in July. Praise the Lord. Um, Congratulations. Two beautiful girls. Yeah, two beautiful girls, uh, four grandchildren, one on the way. I mean, God has, I'm sorry, I probably should wait to the end to tell you this, but I tell you what, I'm so full of joy. Sometimes it's, it is it's not all the stuff that happened before, um, but it's my favorite part because to talk about that because it leads me to my to the glory story of the horror story and that's my favorite part because what God did and so what he did is he redeemed and he renewed and he restored everything that was broken and I'm telling you what Kim you don't know how broken you were until God heals you and when God yeah. healed me I'm like woohoo I mean I can't help but have the joy of the Lord because I was that <laughs> broken I was just that yeah. broken and when I, yeah. when I finally met the Lord and realized I could have this abundant joy and that I could just be like, you know, on fire, fire shut up in my bones for him, and I could help other people and I could share my testimony, and I could write. When I didn't have any idea, even had um, qualities I, <laughs> to write anything, but the Lord asked me to write my testimony and over 22 years ago, and I was faithful. I said, Lord, I don't even have a 10th grade education. English is my second language. And uh, <laughs> you know what? He uses the most unlikely people to do his work, and he's went on to have me write. I'm working on my sixth book. So we got saved. That's not even a question you asked. <laughs> I just, just could not hold that back it. any longer. I had to share it with your listeners because there is hope. There is hope, yeah. and I got a hold of the scripture. Two years after we got married, we quit drinking. We got a hold of church. We got a hold of God. We went to church, um, and I got a hold of the scriptures. Romans twelve two. do not conform to the pattern of this world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I got a hold of that, yeah. Kim, and I started renewing yeah. my mind daily, daily. I started renewing okay, my mind. Okay, tell what that means. Uh, now, okay. you guys, our listeners are leaving me. I'm going to tell you. What does Girl? that mean? I'm fixing to tell you, girl. I'm fixing to tell you because I can't wait to tell you this part because this is a healing part. This is the part I want yeah. your listeners to hear. This is the part I want them to get in the heart. This is the part they, I believe that God wants them to do. Um, he yeah. had me start writing yeah. down. He had me start writing down everyone that ever did anything to me. Now, this is the thing, Kim. I wrote it down, and he said, now you start forgiving them. I said, okay, Lord, I'll start forgiving them. So I went down that list, and I named each person. I said, every day, I said, I forgive blank for this blank. I forgive. Every day I would do it. And then, and I didn't feel it. I kept telling the Lord, I don't feel a thing. I don't feel a thing. I'm saying it, but I don't feel it. And the Lord mm -hmm. said, keep doing it. So I kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. I stuck out some counseling through some uh, pastors in our church. They were counseling me, and they were counseling my husband separately because we both came in a mess. And uh, so anyway, then there was just one day, Kim, after I'd written down their names, I truly felt it in my heart that I forgave. Mm. I mean, I started with my dad and then the man at the music park. But I remember the man at the music park 
clearly. And I remember really forgiving him, really forgiving him mm-hmm. and forgiving all the people. But I remember him. I remember in the shower, it came back up in my spirit about 10 years later. And I said, Lord, I forgave him. The Lord said, I want to show you something, Michelle. I said, okay, Lord always talks to me in the shower, I guess. That's what I, when I finally stopped in the day long enough to just stop, you know. And, uh, and, he, and he says this, he says, Michelle, you've been taught half-truth. And, Kim, I really want us to get a hold of this. It's, I'm not blaming anybody, any pastor, any preacher, any minister out there. I'm just saying this is what God told me, and I know it to be true. He said, you believe half-truth, you've been taught half-truth. Forgiveness is selfless. And he said, so often people will say, you know what, you need to forgive so you can be set free. But you know what he told me, Kim? He said, I want the man that molested you set free. I want him Mm. set free. He said, listen, there's a battlefield, and there's all their wounded on the battlefield. Will you be willing to help carry them off? I said, yes, Lord. He said, what about the man that molested you? What about the uncle that raped you? What about the heroin addict mom? What about the brother? What about this? What about the guy that date raped you? What about the man that held a gun to your head and played Russian roulette with you? Just because he was mm. drunk and wanted to. Will you forgive him and carry him off the battlefield, Michelle? I said, yes. He said, mm. because it's not about just forgiving so you can be set free. It's about forgiving so all can be set free. Sin mm. is selfless. I said, yes, yes. Lord. And I packed that man yes. on my back, Kim, in visual. I packed him on my back and I carried him out. I said, I care. Mm. I mean, this was in visual, visual for me. Visually, I carried him out. For all I know, he may have passed on in the prison. I carried him out. When I got out, I said, Lord, I want to see each one of these people on this list. I want to see them in heaven because I want to give them a hug. And I want to tell them they were forgiven long ago. They didn't have to ask for it because that's your Mm -hmm. forgiveness. And that's what you showed to me, that the whole truth of forgiveness, it's selfless. And when Mm -hmm. you make it just about you being set free, that's selfish because it's about Mm -hmm. everyone being set free. And you've got to be willing. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I beautiful. did. And then he showed me Luke 17, 4 and 5. And it says, Jesus is talking to disciples about forgiving someone. And seven times in a day, if they repent, you forgive them seven times in a day. Everybody remembers that scripture. I just know it. If you don't, go look it up. This is what yes. it says. After hearing this, after hearing Jesus, the disciples said, increase our faith. And mm-hmm. the Lord showed me. He said, Michelle, that's how you forgave them. Every day you prayed, every day you got a hold of those names, and you said, by faith, I forgive the man that did those things to me in that ditch that day. I forgive him by faith. By faith, I forgive mm-hmm. him. And then he gave me the scripture for it. it is by, the, the disciples said this. After they heard about forgiving somebody seven times, 70, in one day. A lot of us can't yeah. forgive somebody if they did one thing wrong with us 10 years ago. This was seven right. times in one, 70 times seven in one day, Kim. Yep. And he said, and then what they say, it's, it's profound what they said. Yes. <laughs> they said, after hearing Jesus, they said, increase our faith. Yeah. So is it a forgiveness problem or is it a faith problem? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Good, yeah. good, good stuff. Good, good stuff. All right, so, so okay, people, you're hearing it out there. You, I mean, I, I, I Michelle, I I know there's tears. I know people have been reminded of their pain. And so now, first and foremost, the first thing that you do is you begin your relationship with Jesus Christ. You go to That's him, right. right? You run to right. Jesus. Come to me, you who are weary and burdened. Yes. Come to me, he says. The invitation is open to each and every one of us yes. at any time. There's no pain. There's no hurt. There's no mistake. There's nothing that we've done is too big or surprising to Jesus. And that's why he sent the woman back to the well. He wanted her to know that he knew and that things could start all over, that we don't have to. What is it that uh, we read all the time, that we, we have been empowered to say, this is, not the, this is not the way my story is going to end. So friends who are right. listening out there, wherever you are right now, it doesn't matter. You know, Proverbs, in, in Psalms 119, the, the psalmist talks about feeling lower than dirt. You know, the enemy, life. Your choices, whatever, could make you feel lower than dirt. But the psalmist found the way for God to preserve his life and bring joy back and restore him. And that's what you're hearing through Michelle today. That's what you heard through 
the Samaritan woman. That's the book of the Bible. That are, those are the words of God. And what happened, friends, as Michelle has given these scriptures to you, you see, as we as we open up God's word, the word is alive and active. It goes to work on our behalf inside us, and it will never return void. So, Michelle, that word started a new creation in you, didn't it? It started doing things in you. You probably sat back and thought, oh, Matt, how could this be? How could I? This is not me because it was God right. in you. Yeah. Couldn't believe That's it. powerful. Couldn't it's believe what he's done with my life. It's just been amazing what he's doing. Um, and he continues to do it. And I believe it because I really did have the faith to start forgiving those people that hurt me. And, you know, this is, this is the thing. Many times when I share my testimony, when I do, when I'm asked to speak at conferences or whatever I'm asked to do, whenever I'm asked to do it, there's not, it's not, not ever has it ever happened where not at least one person come up and say, where was God during all of that, Michelle? Where was God? And my answer has always been, where was he not? And the Lord had showed me John 20, 20. And after he said this, this is the scripture. And and if if your listeners can get a hold of this today, I know this will help them. It helped me so much. And it also helped me answer that question. It said, after he said this, he showed them his hands. It's John 20, 20. And sighed. The disciples were overjoyed, and when they saw the Lord, again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And Jesus showed me, listen, Michelle, I could, I, you know, I'm Jesus. I healed. I raised people from the dead. I healed, healed leprosy. I had a, a withered hand stretch out. I, the lame walk. You know, I had brought Lazarus out of the grave after four days, which was unheard of back in the time. Three days, yes. Four days, no. But I did it. And he said, I could have rose above i could have rose out of that grave without those wounds i could have rose out of the grave without them but i left them because i know i know that my people will be wounded in this world i know they will be hurt they will be abused they will be raped they will be molested they will be raised by heroin addict parents they will lose children and husbands and they will go through trials on this earth but i left this as an example is that they will be wounded but they have they have the power to rise above as I rose above. So he left yeah. those wounds. He left those yeah. wounds, Kim, that has to show us you're going to go through trials. You're going to go through things on earth, and it's going to cause you pain. But the same power mm-hmm. <laughs> that is sitting at the yeah. right hand of the Father is the same power that's living in us that can help us rise above the wounds that we have been afflicted with. And when he showed me that, I was like, wow, wow. that is incredible. We have the same power, Kim. Yeah. 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 Okay. Michelle, let's stop right there. Because I, I, I feel like we have listeners right now that are leaning in and they're going, okay, but I, how do I access that power? So I want you to speak to the listeners today because this is, this is profound. This is the week of Easter. And I know many will be listening to this after Easter, but at the time of this taping, the time that it's going live, this is Easter week. This is the week that Jesus is walking toward the cross. You know, many people are bearing the cross now, and they're feeling the weight of the cross, and they're hurting, and they have pain, and they don't think that they can keep going. And it breaks our hearts. And I think about people that I counsel with on a day-to-day basis. I think about the devices of the enemy and how evil he is and how he thinks he has won in the hearts of so many people. But we must remember greater is he who is in us if we are believers. So, Michelle, That's right. first and foremost, if there's someone there and they don't know Jesus, will you please tell them how they can begin a relationship with Jesus right now? Well, right now, they can turn to Romans or they can just, if they don't have a Bible, Google it on your phone, Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, his, his son died, went to the grave, and three days later rose up and went and sat at the right hand of the Father, you too shall be saved. If they will confess that, believe it in their heart, Kim, they can be saved right yeah. now. Right this minute. Right. Yeah. They don't have to be in a church. They don't have to be with a pastor. They don't have to be with a minister. They don't have to be with Kim. They don't have to be with Michelle. They can be alone. That's how I got saved, yeah. alone in my little military house all by myself with me and God. That's it. I opened Dang up a Bible that just sat yeah. as, a, as a little trinket on my table, and I opened it up, and I started praying. I don't even know if I knew yeah. the sinner's prayer, but I asked him into my heart. I right. asked him into and my heart. 
and really, what is the sinner's prayer? God, I, I'm a sinner. I have messed up. I yeah. need you. I mean, yeah. you know, it yeah. can be that simple. So I want to, I yeah. feel like we just need to yeah. take yeah. a minute yeah. right now. And Michelle, yeah. I want you to take a minute. If anyone, listeners, if any of you, are, if you've gotten to the point of, of such uh, devastation, I remember getting to a point of just devastation of like, I didn't, I couldn't see any way out. And the crazy yeah. thing about it is just, I was leading a women's ministry. I knew Jesus, but it was, it, I, I knew him, but I wasn't connecting with him because I right. wasn't giving him my all. I was that Samaritan woman going, but, but you don't, you know, I, I wasn't willing to, to give him all my sins, all my hurts, all my abuses. And so I, had to come to that point where I just made him my Lord and Savior, no matter what, give it all to him. So if right. you're in that situation, if you if you have never met Jesus, if you feel estranged from Jesus, if the enemy has blocked your view of Jesus, you know, this is the week where, I mean, all the time Jesus is illuminating himself around us. But if you at this moment, if in your heart you're feeling, oh, my gosh, I love those words that Michelle used. I want to be redeemed. I want to be renewed. I want to be restored. Then I'm going to ask Michelle just to take a minute just to pray with you no matter where you are. I was I was a child uh, all by myself in the middle of the night when I asked Jesus to come into my heart. And so, you know, the reason that we do this program is to restore and to redeem and for you listeners to see the mighty power of God at work in your life, that it all begins with a prayer of asking God into our hearts. Michelle, I'm going to ask you to pray for those who have stopped right now and saying, I want the joy of the Lord like I hear in the voices of these, these ladies on the radio. They may never, we may never have the opportunity to meet them, to see them, but Jesus sees them and he's right there with them. So will you just lead them in a prayer right now? Yes, I will be honored to. Lord Jesus, I just ask everyone listening today that doesn't have a relationship with you, it feels like that they have fallen too far for you to reach down and grab them, that they feel like they have done too wrong for you to ever forgive them, that they have felt like they have been abused too much, that they are damaged and that you don't want them. Lord, I would ask that you would reveal right now in where they're at, where they're sitting, where they're driving, wherever they're listening to this, that you would reveal to them right now that you, how much you truly love them. Lord, I'd ask that you would reveal to them that you need access to every room and their heart not you know when that you showed me this vision when Kim was talking a while ago about how when we have unexpected guests come over sometimes we throw everything in a room and shut that door and we won't let anyone in it Lord that you're asking that you that you they would allow you in that room that they have shut off and don't want anyone to see. All their hurts, all their pains, all their the, the abuse, even things they've done themselves, even the things they have their own thumbprint on, Lord Jesus, that they think, well, he can't forgive me because I did this, or he can't forgive me because I did that or somebody did this to me. Lord, I'd ask that you would show your listeners right now how much, how truly much you love them, and that you do forgive them, that that's nothing that we can ever earn, that your grace is to earn that, but that is free, and that it they would confess right now, Romans 10, 9, if they confess with their mouth, if they would just say, I confess with my mouth, Lord, that Jesus is Lord and that he died and he went to the grave and he rose back up. If they would just repeat these words, he rose back up. And when it's said at the right hand of the Father, that I too can be saved. If they just cry out right now these simple words, Lord, forgive me. I need you. I want you. I want you to come in and fill my life. I want to know how it feels to be whole. I want to know how it feels to have that joy. I want to know how it feels to be free from my past, Lord, from everything I've done to others, to everything they've done to me, Lord. I just ask that you forgive me because I want a relationship with you. In your name, Jesus, I pray this by faith. Amen. Amen. Listeners, if you... Uh, made a decision of any sort, if you would just contact me at Kim at rosesandrainbows.org, I can, any questions, and we can make sure that you can get one, some information from myself or from Michelle. We'll provide you a Bible or whatever you need. So yeah. please let us know. Let us know yeah. how we can help you. Yeah. Uh, and if you did make that prayer, if you did say that, then Michelle and I both would welcome you into the kingdom of of Christ as a as a believer and a follower, and it will last Amen. forever and ever and ever. Right, Michelle? You 
Can't outrun God. There's people up there blowing horns up there with their pom-poms and have party hats on, just praising Jesus. They said they celebrate and dance every time somebody gets saved, that they are just singing and happy, and and they're throwing a party, essentially, up there. Every time somebody gets saved, they are just, think of this, blowing horns and party hats because, you know what, that's because they're welcoming you into the kingdom. They know the decision you made is forever. It's lifetime. It's beyond this life. Yes, yes, and they're looking yeah. forward to meeting all of us one day. But until then, we are we are left here to be the ambassadors for Christ, to use our yes. story for his glory so that all people will know his hope. Yes. And boy, Michelle, there is no one on the face of the earth that, that expresses uh, what God can do in their lives other than you. You are amazing. Tell our listeners what God has led you to. You, Your book, Ripened on the Vine, and I know you have Yes. Six, I think six books, you're writing another. But let's, let's just yes. tell them a little bit now about your ministry, because here's what I know. This is what I know, is that once God takes our hearts, and this is, this is my, you know, this is what I do. This is the, and I think it's, I know it's what you do too, but my literature is based on, and my, my Bible studies are based on the fact that once you receive healing, as you're walking through this healing uh, from all your hurts. God wants to use us as a voice of his hope. He doesn't heal us just to be quiet. He heals us That's to right. go out and be a voice of his hope. And you are doing that through that ripened on the vine. Tell us now how you are becoming hope in this world of what Jesus has done for you. Okay. I, I pray to God this, this will encourage your listeners. Um, I feel led to share this. 22 years ago, I was on a 21-day fast, and the Lord told me to write Ripened on the Vine. had no idea that that was the name at the time, but he said, write your story. I didn't even know how to get to a piece of paper on the computer, Kim. I called my husband and said, how do I get to it? I thought it was like a typewriter kind of thing. And so my husband uh-huh. had to explain to me how to write, you know, how to get on the computer and write. And so I wrote my story, um, and he told me, one day it will be a movie. Now, mm-hmm. I wrote it. I went to move to Tennessee. All of that's a long story. But what I want to get to is I, I was obedient. I wrote it. It got published. And then the Lord said it will become a movie. I made a couple of mistakes along the way, had a couple of Ishmaels before my Isaac, but I had submitted it, had somebody write it into a screenplay, got a, a little head of myself. She wrote it. It was a great screenplay. It was a great story, Kim. It just was not my story. So we spent on doing that at that time, you know, 20 years ago, that's what it cost. And I couldn't use it because it just wasn't my story. Mm. Um, So I waited upon the Lord, Kim. I just waited because I, after I made that mistake, I said, okay, now I've learned my lesson. (laughs) I'm just going to wait. And then the Lord showed me um, four years ago who the screenplay writer would be. She accepted to do the screenplay. Then he showed me a woman that was supposed to help me. She's, she had a little production company, and uh, she shepherded the project until where it's at now. But I wanted to encourage your listeners today for this, Kim. It took 22 years. Now, that's not a long time for the Lord, but 22 years to be waiting for a promise God brought to, uh, to me and told me that would happen is a long time in the human, <laughs> in our human flesh. You know, yeah. many times yeah. I had to tell you know, slap that flesh and tell it to be quiet, you know, that I was going to wait on the Lord. And, uh, and this is what he showed me. This is what he showed me. God is so cool. I mean, I just love God so much. He is so cool just to teach me the way I can be taught. And I'm very visual, and that's how I teach, and that's how he teaches me. He took me to Noah, yeah. and he showed me in the scripture, and he said, Michelle, he built for 120 years. And it's part of my testimony when I share on the second day. This is part of my testimony, but this is what he showed me as far as the writing. He built for, he built for 120 years, and then we all know that. Yeah. Then he went into the ark. But I'll tell you what I don't think a lot of people know. They don't read in, in uh, Genesis 7 where it says, The Lord told him to enter the ark. And then, Kim, it says this, Seven days later, the rain came. Now, a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people read mm-hmm. over that, but not me, because I'm seeking the Lord 22 years. I'm like, 22 years. He's like, 120 years, Michelle. Then he had him wait in there seven days. It says seven days, yeah. Kim. Seven days later, he yeah. brought the rain. A lot of mm-hmm. people think that what God tells them to do and that he's going to do something in their life, that, it, you know, that they're supposed to go get it all done. They're supposed to you know, plan the party, get everything ready. But it's in his timing. 
It's in his time. Mm-hmm. And, and 22 ye- years later, now ripen on the vine, we have someone that is, I haven't signed any contracts, but we're close to signing contracts for ripen on the vine to become a movie. So I don't wow. want your listeners to get w- weary in the well-doing. Because as God said, he'll bring it a pass. Just like he told the disciples when they got in the boat and says, I'm going to the other side. Let's go. And a big storm came. And they said, oh, my gosh, we're going to die. You know, and I, we're afraid. Listen, if God said we're going to the other side, if Jesus said we're going to the other side, you can bet you're going to get to that other side. And if God said that this book was going to be a movie, I can bet it's going to be a movie. Not in my timing, but in his. Seven days later, Absolutely. the rain came. So he waited Absolutely. in that arch. And, and not hearing and one about, rain drop. And think about the crowd, the jeering, the making fun, you know, the That's doubting. I, I mean, you yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so, listeners, gosh, there's so much good truth in that. And the scripture she alluded to there was Galatians six nine. Do not grow weary in doing in doing good, because at the proper time, if you do not give up, you will reap the harvest. You know what is your That's harvest? Right. What has God said to you? What what is your goal? You know what what is it that He has planted in your mind? Because it will be a lot of times He will plant the end of the story in your mind, and then we walk it out, right? We walk steps toward it. But remember, it starts with your relationship with Him, and it starts with this thing called forgiveness. Beginning to forgive and to look at those people in your life and allow yourself. So you have to access the power of Christ within you to forgive those who have hurt you. And you do need the power of Christ within you. We cannot forgive on our own. And guess what? Many of us, people can't get over maybe the ways that we have hurt them. Maybe not intentional at all. But we're all human. We're all in this together. And here's, here's the thing. If we can forgive the way Jesus told us to forgive, not only are we free, like Michelle said, but we allow other people to run free. And it is the truth of Christ that sets us free. And, boy, Michelle, don't we need believers to be walking and running and uh, accessing life in the freedom of Christ today, free to do whatever God calls us to do. Imagine how that would change our, the landscape of our world today. Yes. Amen. Amen. The Lord has also shown me as you're speaking, men, that a lot of people may be confused about the story I shared earlier about bringing them off the battlefield. And I want to clarify something I feel like the Lord really wants me to share. And listen, in the Bible, it says, you know, you do not judge a man's heart. I'll do that. You, there's no way you know a man's heart. The reason why I can take a man off the battlefield that molested me is because God sees his heart. I don't know yeah. how broken he was. Him. I don't yeah. know what led him to molesting children. I don't know his heart. I don't know how broken yeah. he was, but I trust God more. I trust God yeah. more. And if God says, I will judge a man's heart, your job is to forgive him, according to Matthew six fourteen. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. If you don't, you won't. That's what it says. I didn't say it. That's what the Bible <laughs> says. That's what the Bible That's says. I mean, I can't, you can't get on me for that. That's what the Bible says. I mean, my job is to walk out truth. My job is to teach truth. My job is to be truth. And truth is, That's right. he was probably a broken man. But even if, yeah. he, even if some, by some miracle he wasn't broken, but who molests that many children and not be broken? I mean, seriously. Oh, yeah. He was a no, broken man. What uncle molests his niece and not be broken? What aunt allows it and comes along beside her husband and molests the niece? Yeah. Broken oh, yeah. people. And a lot of times we and see what, how broken we are, but we fail to see how broken the others are. Oh, yes. And yeah. if we can do that, then our whole heart shifts. You're talking about uh, Romans 12, 2, not conforming no longer, no longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of, of your mind. That's part of that mm-hmm. renewal process is being able to see others as God sees them. Well, Michelle, our That's time right. is up. I knew it was going to go fast. I can't Me thank too. you enough. I feel like we... Well, I'll definitely be calling upon you again. I think we need to do a series just on the principles of forgiveness. I think that that's, I, uh, I think that just taking a step by step one day would be something I would love to do with you. Be beautiful. Um, so again, just thank you so much. Listeners, I want to thank you for joining us. I want you to know that you can access, um, this incredible woman, Michelle Davenport. You can go to Facebook, uh, Let's see. The ministry website is it's Faith Builders, uh, so that's fbministries.com. 
you can reach her that way. I also have it all over uh, my social media so that you can reach out to her. Go to Christian Mix to listen to her. Pick up one of her almost six books. She is an incredible lady who found that her horror story can become a glory story. So through her podcast, her radio, her speaking engagements, her books, and more, you can see that Michelle exhibits joy and excitement because of God's forgiveness and his unconditional love. Reach out to her. Let's all get a taste of this infectious joy that comes from Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us. Michelle, you're lovely. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Listeners, we'll see you next time right here on Coffee. Bye, everybody. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrable.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrable.org. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over the limit by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.